Welcome, everybody. It's Draft Politics on this fine wild card Sunday afternoon. Uh, as always, it's EJ, and with me... It's Steve. Yeah, we're uh, here at the Burning Bush Brewery. Uh, Triple we were, B. We were thinking we were going to go somewhere new, but there's really nothing that we could think of that was new that's anywhere near us. So yeah. Burning Bush is one we haven't been to in a while, but is a, is a classic that we like. So. Yeah, we do like it. It's uh, right here on Rockwell, yep. right next to the Chicago River, uh, just north of Irving Park. Highly recommended. Uh, especially in the summer months where you can kind of sit outside next to the river. Part of our river tour that yes. will be coming up. Yes, uh, and uh, if up. you heard the excitement in the background, uh, the Dolphins just scored, putting them up 23-20 to 20 on the Bills. All right. Nobody was expecting that one. Nobody. We'll give, we'll give you scoring updates because you'll listen to this in three days, and it'll be timely and relevant to you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well, we are at the at football's time right now. Yes. Uh, football's done for me for the season as my Broncos uh, were bad. Uh, but, hey, we will apparently hire a very expensive but well-known coach to be named shortly, I assume. Right. Uh, we can only assume. We can only assume. So we've got a lot of national news, but um, we've been kind of checking in with Twitter recently to see how it's doing. How you doing over there, Twitters? Right. And uh, apparently they shut down their SDK, so third-party apps no longer work with Twitter. Whether this was an intentional decision or whether it just shit broke, who knows? But they didn't really announce it, and they didn't really talk about it after it happened. So who, who's well, to say? It does remind me of when Musk was talking about how they had all of these unnecessary servers. It's like, I just went into one of our most sensitive server racks and unplugged a bunch of stuff and see nothing happened and then like it started crashing right so it could have been one of those situations right whopper started launching nukes it was (laughs) not good second short circuit reference today (laughs) funny enough funny enough um you know nationally it's it's a weird time right now um we're still counting votes from the 2020 election that's that's not a lie they're They've just finished a, another hand recount of a county in Pennsylvania from 2020. Okay. Seems like a good use of time and money. Uh, and you did say 2020, not 2022. That's correct. Yes, you heard me or right. Or 2023. Nothing. Not okay, okay. dial. Okay, got we it. We haven't gotten to the 2022 midterm recount yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I appreciate them being methodical. Uh, sure, sure. Um, no stone unturned. Because the house really hasn't yeah. done any work yet. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, because the Republicans are just now realizing that they actually won and had to elect a speaker. Um, and at the same time, we have the biggest sigh that could be sighed about anything that you sigh about. Joe Biden, like, I got all these classified documents. <sighs> and, 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 uh, okay, so let's start with this. What has been found has been, they found documents, they're like, hey, we found these documents, like, like Biden's people found these documents, and we're like, hey, government, you might want to know about these. And then and the National Archive, I believe, is in charge of these, and they're yep, like, yep. cool, we'd like those back now. And they have them back now. Sure. So that's kind of how that should play out. So the first sort of tranche of documents, I like that word. Was just like the word tranche. Yeah, exactly. Anytime I can get a good tranche reference in. Um, was found, you know, in Biden's office at the Biden Penn Policy Center in a locked closet for whatever that's worth. As they were kind of shutting that thing down. So it was a think tank that Biden nominally worked at uh, after uh, the 2016 election. They were shutting that down. Some attorneys found some documents. And you've got a picture the look on the face of the guy who's going through some box of things and sees the, the, you know, tape on the edge of the folder that says it's classified or right. otherwise shouldn't be there. I mean, it, it had to be comical at some level. So you're right. They notified the National Archives and the Department of Justice. That was at the beginning of November. Since then, I guess they've been looking in more places, and they keep finding other boxes of documents. And I think my favorite has been in the garage next to the Corvette. Right. 
I mean, I would have assumed it was a Trans Am, but okay, Corvette, fine. It's a Corvette. Uh, that just feels so <laughs> fitting for all of this. I mean, he's using to sop up some grease in the garage, you know? Right, what, they what were under do? the... They were, it's just under the Corvette. Yeah. So... <laughs> We've been getting this kind of drip feed of information. And while it seems that the Biden administration and his attorneys have been kind of saying from the beginning, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we found these notifying people. Uh, there's been a bit of both sidesing on it. Um, so, you know, the New York Times talking about how, like, oh, well, it's kind of the same thing as Trump taking things to Mar-a-Lago. And you go, well, is it? Is it, though? But that's, it doesn't matter. Because really here's, here's how this all plays out, is that the right wing will be like, oh, it's worse than Trump, because that's, that's what they'll do. Right. Um, or, or at the very least, they will say, see, Trump isn't that bad. Everybody does it. Even Hillary Clinton did it. Check her emails. Whatever. Um, and you look at that, and you look at the, the left, will be like, this is bullshit. Right, but it's that, not the and then same there's thing. like that middle segment who'll be like, both sides, the corrupt duopoly, a pox <laughs> in both their houses, and then like won't vote or I don't know. Right. Well, so so now there's another special counsel appointed, uh, a, a, a gentleman whose last name is Her, longtime Republican, appointed by Trump to be uh, the district attorney in Maryland, clerk for Rehnquist. Uh, been in the Department of Justice for a long time. You know, that sounds like such a terrible idea. Like, I get the politics of it if the guy comes out and is like, it's all fine. Yeah. But you remember the last time we just had a, a special independent prosecutor who could just do whatever they wanted? It didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but how do you not do the same thing? When, you know, on the surface, it's similar situations. So you've got it. You've got Jack Smith over here. Now you've got to have you've got to have the equivalent. Does it have to be a Trump appointee? Like. And how about an independent? Surely there's some independent. No, no, a no. A green lawyer. <laughs> like a libertarian, I would take a libertarian lawyer. I like the an idea of a libertarian lawyer. <laughs> of course, you could take all those documents. You could do whatever you want. Right? Were those documents Freedom, hurting man. anybody? Taxation but, is tyranny. What? But one of the things that I'm really interested ab about is is honestly how the Republican House deals with this situation, because you can't say, on one hand, they're going to investigate the investigators about documents in Mar-a-Lago and then open an investigation of Joe Biden. Of course they can. Of course they can. <laughs> of course no, they can. And, 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 and all of their here? media won't even notice the hypocrisy of all of it. They'll just be like, here's this shit going on over here. It's terrible. It's the end of the world. And this over here. So speaking, finally polished turd. Speaking of the speaking of the House, after fifteen short votes, <laughs> McCarthy was elected Speaker of the House. I, I'm honestly kind of shocked and that the, it, it even got fight. done that fast. But basically, he's just like, "Can you just elect me to be Speaker, but I don't actually get to be Speaker? Like that's the deal we're going to strike." Because he just. I think he just wants his painting in the Hall of Speakers or whatever, wherever I, they put I, that stuff. Yeah, but it does kind of feel like that because when you when you heard the reporting about what was going on and how well there were some hardline people that weren't going to vote for him, and and look, this is he is this was that hard because the midterms were so close. Yeah, um, because basically, yeah, there was only five Republican majority, right? Right. So that meant. Any five Republicans could just burn the shit to the ground at any time. And it turns out that the Republicans kind of like doing that just for sport. So uh, I think they do. I mean, it, yeah, I think I think there was a, you know, a, a reasonably large segment of the Republican population that just did does not want things to go smoothly. Yeah. Um, and and look, I'm I'm going to say. And I, I've been saying this since 2020. There is a lot of 
unusual things going on that's actually giving people a view into how things actually work. Yeah. Because I doubt before last week, most of the people who watched the news had any idea how the speaker was chosen. Well, and I think the thing I was sort of struck by was like, I mean, I knew, okay, fine, they vote for speaker, blah, blah, blah. But like, what is what exists before they have the speaker? Because like, basically, like, nothing, like, there's like, yes, there's technically this house and these people show up. But, and they can, like, vote. But they, everything has to be voted on. Like, you can't do right. anything. There are no rules. Yeah, there's no rules other than a majority vote for anything that's going to be done. Right. And the clerk so of like, the house is kind of in charge. Right. So, like, even, even just to, like, say we're going to adjourn this until tomorrow requires a majority vote. So if you want to, you could, ha- you could literally have an argument over, do we adjourn until noon or 3 p.m.? And it could be a total meltdown at that point. Yeah. Fortunately, everybody just like, I'm done with this shit. We'll do this tomorrow and vote again, I guess. I, I, so it was, you know, again, fascinating to see, right? You would have thought that between the elections in November and January, they would have kind of worked all these things out, but instead they got aired in public. And McCarthy now has a set of can well at least verbally agreed conditions which significantly weaken the power of the speaker yep now those all had to be translated into a rules package and some of the things that were sort of verbally agreed to were not necessarily translated into that rules yeah. package but the critical one and correct me if i'm wrong on this is that basically at any time anybody Okay, so we're going to get occasionally distracted because there's, like, things yeah. on screens moving, yes. and we've been trained by uh, the football league people to, to look at it. So uh, just go with it, everybody. Yeah, but Nothing important happened, though. Absolutely still listening. Uh, what were we talking about? We're talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My question is, we still have it so that any one Republican at any time can say, screw this guy. I want a new vote for Speaker of the House. Uh, that's not quite accurate. Okay. Any member of the House. Okay, any member of the House. Any Democrat could do it, too. All right. Correct. Okay. Which, I think that's hilarious, but let's just go with just any member of the House. Fine. This is what I'm worried about, is that we're going to get to the point of the debt ceiling is coming, the debt ceiling is coming, there's going to be negotiations, negotiations. This week. Well, I mean, it's not. the debt ceiling doesn't really blow up until end of summer early fall because there's like, like these things they can do to kick it down the road and, sure. and shuffle it about but so they don't so there's like all this so what will happen is they'll have all these negotiations to say hey we're gonna do it we're gonna do it maybe not maybe we will and some guy's just gonna go i'm just gonna blow up the house for the oh, yeah. next week Absolutely. and nothing gets done and then we're point when you elect people who hate government not to what I recommend, government. but yeah. And, and you would hope that what will happen if that situation develops is that, you know, some of the Republicans will side with Democrats. They'll all just say, fine, McCarthy's in charge, but let's, like, stop burning this house down. That, that ha- house, both in the congressional house sense and the metaphor of our nation. Right. Sense. But it is going to be very sloppy. It'll be messy. it'll be exciting, everybody. Yeah. And if you looked at the committees, so there were lots of committee appointments that were surprising, not surprising. You know, people clearly bought their committee, their loyalty through committee assignments. Yep. Um, And also some retaliatory removals. So, you know, people like Swalwell uh, being kicked off the Armed Services uh, Committee or Schiff being kicked off the Intelligence Committee. Yeah, and there was something that was being claimed that, like, the FBI had some issue with Swalwell, but then, like, I guess it was nothing or something, but whatever. It was basically, like, like McCarthy was like, oh, any of the de- they can put any Democrat on here, and then it was like, but except for those people. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Rashida Tlaib. Right, of course. Yeah. Well, it's obvious. Why? Yeah, yeah, I mean, why not? Um, why not? I have a better question. What beer should I have next? Oh, that, that's an excellent question. So 
So we were talking about uh, McCarthy, the house, beer. Yeah. Uh, I got the Sea of Guavali, which is, I think, better than the Palm Sunday or whatever I, what the other one was. How about you? Uh, well, I, I'm still working on my first beer, which was my first beer of 2023, I might add. Uh, and that was the Valley of Dry Bones, which is a, an American IPA, and it's fine. Uh, 5.5%. Okay. You know, kind of light, uh, hoppy, but... Standard issue. Yeah. 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 And uh, in the queue, or in the uh, recessional, I guess, right. we're going to be that way, is the Tree in the Wrestler. Pew. In the pew. Uh, is the Tree Wrestler, which is just like it sounds. It's a, it's a sprucey, piney IPA. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'd like that one. Because, <laughs> so, like, that's what I don't like about gin. Is yeah. that, like, I, I'm looking at Christmas trees, so. The Maplewood Spruce Gin is beautiful. It is just excellent. Okay. You'll have to believe me I'm, on that. I, yes. So, so here's a, a, a real question about that week, those five days or four days of votes. How many dry Januaries fell victim <laughs> to that voting? All of them? <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably all of them. They were, uh, you know, so some Democrats brought snacks, like popcorn, yes. to watch. Things. Yeah, so they're posting photos of them with their popcorn. Schakowsky brought yeah. the big thing of Garrett's, the caramel corn cheddar blend. Yeah. The the tri-wing, right? Uh Katie, I've just announced my Senate candidacy, Porter, uh, formerly known as Katie the Whiteboard Porter. I uh, was reading the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, yes. during all of that. I don't think we had her in our lineup here to talk about her early announcement of this, because some people were kind of upset with her about that, because... Feinstein is still in office and was elected not that long ago, but... But the question is, does Diane Feinstein know that she's still in office? Uh, no. She <laughs> no. does not. No, she I'm does not. I'm not sure she knows she won. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's just yeah. been told, I go to this building. So, yes, it was not in our rundown about uh, Katie the Whiteboard Porter announcing her run for Senate, but... There's no way Feinstein is running again. I didn't want to talk, however, about 2024. <laughs> I can't. I can't start a new national cycle yet. <laughs> I just we can't just deal been, with it. We still got our local races. I but know. We'll get to that in a sec. I know. So, but yes, Katie Porter did announce, uh, and a few other people in California have have rumbled as well. And I'll tell you. The way that I found out Katie Porter was running for Senate was not from the news. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was, of course, a fundraising email that I got from oh, Katie Porter. I think I uh, have my, my filters to the point that I get none of that. So, I, mercifully, I heard nothing of it. Yeah, if you send me an email that says, like, I've got to be honest with you, or it's coming down to the wire, <laughs> or... Or you that, wouldn't believe or that what. misleading, I have just lost this race. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you'll be worried about come fall when I have exactly. lost my race. If you don't send me every dime in your pocket. The polls have just told us, like, oh, God, I don't think so. The only ones that still get through, I think, are maybe emails from pets. The fundraising emails from pets always right. kind of sneak right, their right. way through. My dog says you have to give me all of your money. Right. And, yeah, I, I, who am I to say no? How can you argue with that? So, you know, there's going to be a lot of saber-rattling in the House about committees and investigations and subpoenas. I, my suspicion is that they're going to have one big ongoing thing that they'll try to kind of investigate. And the whole Biden document thing, I actually think this is going to be a hot take, is a long-term good thing. Okay. Because Go on. it'll replace the Hunter Biden stuff. Nah. Oh yeah. Nah. The Hunter Biden stuff's sexy. Like there's like there's like you know implied corruption and all that sort of stuff. Actually, you know what? 
they can marry this shit. Like, were those documents secretly being stored so that they could be used to get special deals for Hunter Biden? And well, we'll know when they? we see the laptop that has everything on it. Uh, right, the laptop that has everything on it. Anyway, I, I think that it will be a lot of fizzle because, again, the majority is just so small. And hopefully it'll be smaller when George Santos resigns or gets recalled. George Santos, again, he's the guy that completely lied about 100% of the things on his resume. Yes. And is proudly like, oh, yeah, I just made all that up. A, a friend of mine started up a thread uh, on Facebook this week of, what are things on George Santos's resume that he did not put there yet? Uh, my contribution was that he founded the three-star uh, Michelin restaurant, Vraiment. <laughs> I think that's probably true. That's, I think that's probably true. And, you know, it is amazing that he's got time uh, to be at the Capitol when he's also the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Right, right. Did you know that? He's got to go under a suit. Except that he's also the starting quarterback for the Dolphins and out on concussion protocol. It's very confusing. Uh, yeah, I, you know, all-time QB. Right. He called it when he got to the stadium today, uh, which he can do due to his uh, very diverse heritage that he's yes. been very proud of. Yes. He is part alien as well. <laughs> but not that kind of alien. because right, the right. That would be where the Republicans draw the line. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that, would be the, that would be the point. Um, you know, one thing we're not going to talk about in any detail is just the whole expanse, great book series, of legal things happening right so from you know uh, the trump organization criminally and civilly things happening in new york and things happening in georgia and things happening in florida and texas and frankly the whole host of there's a lot of stuff that's like something's coming soon maybe yeah. we hope yeah uh and and there are you know nominal small steps forward or backward, and they're meaningful to people who care about the law. And those people are listening to Legal AF, not our podcast. Uh, though I do recommend that podcast if you care about those things. It's kind of interesting. Unless they're in Norway, then they might be listening to us. Uh, that, that's true. Yeah. So then go to Legal AF. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Just skip over the Athletic Greens ads, which you won't find here. But let's jump internationally. War in Ukraine still happening. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, interesting there is, there, uh, you know, more weapons starting to get to Ukraine. Uh, we are sending Patriot missiles there. Uh, we are doing some training here in the U.S. The U.K. has been sending uh, their more advanced tanks to be available right, the to Challenger Ukraine. Two, the Challenger 2. The Challenger 2. Which is a main battle tank, yes, right? Yes, so. yes, yes. To be distinguished from the Challenger, which was... Too soon. <laughs> so... <laughs> right. <laughs> which is a really big deal, right? Like the... The change from supplying, you know, anti-tank weapons and small arms to offensive weapons. Yeah. I mean, main battle tanks. This is like sending the Abrams, you know, right. which we probably wouldn't. We were kind of talking about the Bradley fighting vehicle, which is a light armor, fast moving, wheeled kind of, you know. Still, you know, pretty serious. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to get shot by it. We'll, we'll say no, that. No, no. Um, or anything, really. It right. Well, that's but, true. But uh, Richie Rich I get Sumac shot by of, you know, the Prime Minister of England's like, yeah, we'll send them this stuff, which is, England's a weird place right now, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no so, <some> shit. <laughs> so this is, the, it, I would say it's an escalation in the support, right? Um, For sure. And this is after, you know, this is after uh, Zelensky came to the U.S. He's been here the first time he left the country. He came here. Um, you know, support for Ukraine still seems strong. Germany is completely off Russian gas, which was supposed to be the big cudgel that they held. Yeah. And, of course, they're replacing it with coal, and they're destroying, you know, 15th century villages to do strip mining. Like you do. Like you do. But oh, these, and, oh, and our, our environment. But go on. <laughs> uh, but support still seems pretty strong. Again, we'll see what happens. 
as this Republican Congress here comes into power, uh, who have already said they want to cut military spending specifically around any help we give to Ukraine, which is just very strange. Yep. Um, the other area I just want to mention, because sometimes we're a Knesset podcast, is Israel, which, I, you know, I think is very relevant for understanding our own politics. Because even though we have a two-party system, uh, well, we have a two-party system, practically, and Israel does not, we see in Israel that same sort of uh, outsized influence by, influence by fringe parties. So, and uh, conservative ones. Yes. There, yes. Netanyahu is back in power. Yeah. Um, even though he's currently, uh, he's been indicted. Uh, on corruption charges, but he's brought, been brought back by this weird coalition that is very much right wing. Um, and what they're trying to do right now is they are trying to change the way the judiciary works so that the Supreme Court in Israel uh, can be overridden by a simple majority of votes from the parliament. So there's no written constitution in Israel the same way there is here, where it says, you know, there are these checks and balances. It's been more common practice, right? So in mm -hmm. the past, if there was a law passed by the legislature and the Supreme Court of Israel said, actually, no. That, like, that's usually not the way we do things. Yeah, here. you can't do that. Uh, it Which would honestly, like, I feel like there's a certain, there's a certain, on well, I just used the word honest twice, but if there's a certain honesty in that approach because, like, yeah, we have this constitution that says things, but if the Supreme Court says it says something different, they can do that. So, you know. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but then we've got, you know, a very interesting situation where the legislature is, the Knesset is willing to pass laws that make it will make it seem like maybe Netanyahu shouldn't be prosecuted. Right. That the Supreme Court has already said, hey, you can't really do that, but then they just need a simple majority to overrule the Supreme Court. Seems a little easy. Yeah. So a, a huge, huge protest wave against these changes, but of course Netanyahu is going to go forward with it because it is definitely in his best it's interest. Him. <laughs> But that's what you get when you have, you know, party by coalition where there are extremists in there. It could be the right wing extremist there in Israel. Yeah. It could be uh, the the know nothing party on the outskirts of the Republican Party. Right. The Greens and the Gateses and the and the Boberts. Yep. And the Chip Roys. <sighs> God. Those guys are dumb. Anyway, <laughs> let's move locally. Let's move to Illinois. Yeah, We've got so we a got a session. lot going on locally this week, so we want to get to this. Um, so the assault weapons ban is now in place. We'll see how well that works out. Yes. Uh, I saw some great posts like, can no longer sell high-capacity magazines. And so gun stores are taking 30-round magazines, and they are putting Tic Tac boxes in them to stop them from holding as many rounds and they're suddenly legal. So you can remove the TikTok boxes. Yeah, of course. Okay. TikTok boxes. TikTok boxes. What TikTok, TikTok boxes. TikTok boxes. Now that's yeah. that's uh, a those are thing. only for AKs. Right. Uh, uh, and selling them as 10 round mags that you can do. Um, sheriffs across the state are saying, "Nah, we're not going to enforce this law or parts right. of the law." It just it baffles me. I've never understood this is why law enforcement would be against these things. And I kind of understand, but I kind of, but I don't. It seems to me that if you are in law enforcement, you do not want the random people that you run into to have high capacity firearms. I, 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 I have think, the same questions. Except that you're, you're a right wing guy and that's why you're into it. Yeah, it's, it is, it is perplexing to me on a few different levels. Yeah. Um, and and look, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, there. I I sometimes feel like assault weapons bans 
are a little like Braveheart, where Robert the Bruce's, you know, father who's you know got leprosy or whatever, is talking about the uprising, and he's like, "We'll support the uprising with our lands in the north, and oppose it with our lands in the south," and you can kind of see the gun lobbies lawyers at least being on both sides of all of these bills let's get these passed so we can get paid to oppose them because assault weapon bans don't stand up in court well yeah because our supreme court has lost its mind Uh, yeah so right um but hey we're doing things we're trying we're, We're amending trying. the Safe T Act, which uh, I think it means that all the tea in Illinois needs to be free of chromium and chromium and bromide, unlike our dark chocolate. Right. Yes. Is that wait? No. 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 no I that's think not it. I think, what is about, the, I think it's about cash bail. I, it is I think about it is about cash, cash bail. Um, yeah. So uh, there, there. So this is set to go into effect, and then a judge ruled that it shouldn't go into effect and the Supreme Court has basically like they're going to hear the case and they're letting it exist for now until they hear the case which is supposed to happen in March. Well, I think they're letting it exist in most jurisdictions but not all because the judge who said it shouldn't exist only has a limited capacity. Okay. But but still well, so I mean boy, the howdy, does he have a limited capacity yeah, but yeah, well, limited um, mental capacity am I right? So, you know, this essentially ends cash bail. Um, which is a progressive, has been a progressive movement for a long time. Uh, judges can still stop people from being released. Right. It just means they say they can't be bailed out. Like they, like they right. go to jail, we're done. It's none of this. Because basically what cash bail has done is create this weird inter- middle ground where it's like they will set a bail and somebody who can't afford to pay that bail will sit in jail whether they've committed a crime or not. Right. Um, you know, you have the bail bonds industry, you know, they'll, you know, do a bail bond, but they and then they get a cut. So even if you aren't found guilty, there's still a large chunk of money you're paying out right. to somebody. Um, so there's all kinds of problems with this. And I love the timing of this move to reform this because... We've had this uptick in crime related to the pandemic. And so we're going to be able to say, look, we did cash bail. We got rid of cash bail and crime went down. It'll be a total bullshit stat, but it's much better that the bullshit stats go in our favor because cash bail (laughs) doesn't do anything about crime. I I do love that. Hey, I know that correlation is not causality. But, but I'm going to ignore that. I will that totally go with a, it because you will use it but against But maybe me. this time it does. <laughs> but it, it is why it is why somebody like Sam Bankman-Fried yeah. of FTX can be flying around in first class while somebody who's accused of shoplifting $20 is sitting in jail. Right. And it's dumb. It's like, can they... like? Can you trust that they're going to show up to your court? That's the only thing that bail is supposed to be about is do we trust this person to show up to court? And the reason you have the notion of cash bail is saying you are going to forfeit this money if you don't show up. Right. So we're going to make you give us this money to make you show up. That right. is the that is not only logic, but that's not but is so far removed from that right. at this point like, where it's just like. You know, here is a random crime. Here's the bail I associate to it. Whatever you're going to do, whether you're fleeing or not. Who cares? It's like, hi, I'm somebody who's defrauded people out of billions of dollars. This $100,000 of fake money that I didn't have in the first place that I won't have ever again is going to get me to return. Yeah. No. I, it just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, a brief side note. I've never seen more Bill Bondsman's ads than when I was in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. It's all Bill Bondsman's. And Latter-day Saints. Right. Alternating. <laughs> it's a very weird thing. It's a very weird odd. thing. Um, do we want to talk about our special guest speaker? <laughs> we should. So we've been doing this, and I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, we've been doing this podcast 
for four years. This is episode 87. 87. And we got our first reach out from a PR company yes. in the last week. Big milestone. Yes. It was somebody who wanted like, to be interviewed. How the hell they find our podcast? That's, <laughs> what, I, that's like, what I want to know. But so it's a Norwegian PR firm, clearly. <laughs> you have to assume. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was a guy who apparently speaks on the topic of uh, cash bail and was wanting to have him be a speaker on our show. Right. I, I assume there was probably a fee involved in that activity, but I have no idea. <laughs> we did not follow up. Yeah. Um, given that he often spe- he's like on the board of the... Bail Bondsman's Association of the U.S. and like yeah yeah, I mean we saw a picture of the guy, and I don't want to judge people by what they look like, but you're but going I to. absolutely did, <laughs> and I knew we probably didn't agree on the efficacy of removing cash bail from. Yeah. The, the justice system here in yeah. Illinois. Well, and it might have gotten complicated when we're like, okay, here's the brewery we're going to be at show up. Like, I don't think that was really going to fly. Probably want to do a Zoom call thing. That's not really our jam. Now, that being said, maybe we should reach back out to him. And we should pick the brewery that is maybe the most the most progress aggressively progressive brewery we could find revolution eris would be eris yeah might be a good choice um i don't know so stay tuned that could be a fun that could be a fun time yeah uh, we're not even going to give his name because we don't remember and i was like yeah right <laughs> i'm like you uh, remember his name but okay. other good things that have come out of the the illinois you know the illinois legislature this week one Guaranteed one peak, one week paid vacation. Which isn't, uh, I'm both like, thank God we finally have some guaranteed vacation. On the other hand, one week? Are you kidding me? That is infinitely more than was guaranteed before. Yes. But still very sad. Dividing by zero is a weird thing, everybody. Yeah. It's It's still sad, but it is a step in the right direction. It's about moving the Overton window, right? Yeah. People get used to a week, then we'll be able to move it to two. Eventually, we'll be like Europe. We'll all take August off. It'll be beautiful. France intensifies. France! <laughs> if you don't know what I'm France. talking about there, yeah. <laughs> go watch the country intros from Miss Universe, one by uh, the Miss USA. So there you go. All right. So uh, second thing, yeah. protections for reproductive and gender rights and gender-affirming care in Illinois. And this is huge. And actually, look, I... You know, state legislatures are where it's at, right? The things that are going to impact your day-to-day life are much more likely to come from your state legislature than someplace else. Yes. At the beginning of the term of the session, uh, there was a really nicely written bill about protecting reproductive rights. Very good. People pushed back against it because it didn't include protection for gender-affirming care, which we know is under attack across the country. It is horrific. What is happening in states like Montana, Wyoming, Indiana, Ohio? Yeah, I can't say how how terrifying it is. Yeah, it is making people unpeople. Um, and there was a big push. Uh, Representative Kelly Cassidy uh, was a so state rep. She amazing. So she really pushed on people. Lots of pressure put on Speaker of the House. Uh, Harmon, like, just to, let's let's make sure that we get this all together, and they got it all together. Yeah. So we've passed a bill now. Illinois will remain an island of sanity, sanity, and and just allowing people to be who they are. Yeah. Uh, and and get what they need. Um, in in the Midwest, which is a little dodgy. And one of the things that I find really interesting about this is sort of protecting people who come to the state from their own states, which is a weird place to be in. Yeah. And I wanted to get your thoughts on these kind of laws that are really anti-federalist, right? They're, they're laws that written by one state against another state. 
yeah. in some way, I mean, shape, I think, or form. like, I feel like the history of our country up until very recently has been that states were the ones limiting rights and limiting people and the federal government was the one that was expanding rights and protecting people. And with the shift around, you know, what's been going on with the Supreme Court, it's kind of been a reverse of that, of states kind of having to take the lead on expanding rights and, and protecting Some people. States. Some states. Right. And, and, and it's, and granted, in like the grand scheme of things, it's fucking stupid to have this being done state by state because it creates all kinds of weird shit going on, oh, yeah. right? I mean, you know, like, you know, the, there was a time where, I mean, you know, where gay marriage was something you could get, you could be married in one state, you could travel to a different state, happen to be there, something could go wrong, and you'd be like, well, you can't see your husband because yeah. we don't legally recognize that here. Like, you know, so it's it's having... Core rights that are guaranteed across the country makes a ton of sense. Now, if you want to have your own business laws and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, that makes more sense to be done at the state level. But I, the, the business laws are really interesting as they relate to that, though. Right. Especially with respect to uh, listeners, you cannot see the huge air quotes that I'm doing right now. Religious freedom. They are Religious enormous. Freedom. Enormous air quotes, everybody. Um, yeah, I... I it's, these are the kind of laws. The fact that we have to pass laws that say Illinois law enforcement is prohibited from cooperating with Missouri law enforcement yeah, if they try to pursue a case about any of these topics with somebody who was in Illinois at a time. like Right, and the thing is, like, and, and part of it is you could just trust on the law enforcement people to just sort of be like, whatever. But, but you we can't. can't. Yeah, but you can't. <sighs> so. Let's talk about Chicago. Let's talk about Chicago. It is January. We are 42 days from the municipal elections. Wow. It's soon. It is. Why, why on earth would you have an election in February? That's insane. You know what? We talked about this in like episode six. Yes. Which is, it's cold, and it favors incumbents. Yes, it does. Uh, because people need to be out there knocking on doors right now. Yep. And that's hard when it's cold, but it's been mild. And a full, like, I don't know, over a third of the city council has vacant seats. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. So... I mean, to be uh, fair, there's been a lot of investigations. So uh, uh, that's true. I mean, but nobody's been arrested in days. Yeah. So here in Chicago, all the municipals are happening. Really, the focus is on we, we've got three tiers of races. We have the mayoral race. Uh, we've got, I don't know, approximately 4,000 people running for mayor. Ten have made the ballot. Uh, we've got the aldermanic races, 50 wards across the city. I thought it was less than that. Though. I thought it was like eight now for the mayoral race. Because I think like a couple didn't get the signatures. Yeah, I mean, it's only done. five that matter. Right. It's only right. five that matter, so who cares? Uh, and then we have this new thing, the the uh, police district councils. Yes. Uh, and that's a new thing. It is a brand new thing and super interesting. So starting at the mayoral race, lots of forums going on right now. Uh, forums, debates, you know, slightly different formats, but people seeing the candidates. We've got new candidates. We've got old candidates. Yep. So Lori Lightfoot, obviously running for re-election. Somebody we kind of full-throatedly endorsed and supported four years ago. Uh, we no longer full-throatedly we endorse support. I remember saying specifically how amazing it was after, and I had a Lightfoot sign in my yard. Oh, yeah. The runoff was Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle, who's chair of the Cook County Board. And I was like, it's amazing to me that our city is going to have a, 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 a woman of color as our mayor. And, like, it's going to be, we're going to be progressive and we're going to have all these things. And instead we have more cops. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Lori Lightfoot obviously running for re-election. Uh, we have Paul Vallis, who used to be the head of schools. Uh, Chuy he's, Garcia, who's run for Congress yeah. and Chuy Garcia, ran for mayor before. Right, and took and uh, had a pretty good run, but had did a not pretty quite good run, right? Push Rahm he, out. Was, he was a state senator, was appointed to the rep spot, um, sort of in the way that Chicago politics works, right? So, yep. and that to the to the Congress spot and congressional spot, and was reelected and fine he's he's great he used to be my rep he no longer is um he's kind of in the lead he announced late i think he was waiting to see if the democrats controlled the house yeah uh before he announced uh you know you've got brandon johnson who is uh an educator um endorsed by the teachers union before he announced his his candidacy you've got jamal green who's a, a tech entrepreneur he ran in the last election, did some really cool things around writing software to validate signatures. Doesn't really have a chance. Really nice guy, though. Uh, you've got Dr. Willie Wilson, who supported Trump, gave out a lot of gas cards. Um, you know, we're at this point a month and a half out where the polls, which have been garbage. We've seen some really garbage polls. I'm looking at you, Crane Chicago Business. Yeah. Did like a... I mean, a Fox News-style online poll. Yeah. And then published it, and then, like, two days later published the methodology behind it, which was just terrible. <laughs> but the polls have not shown Lightfoot in the top three. No polls have shown her in the top three. Right. This is going to go to a runoff, right? Yeah, you have it'll go to, to a runoff. Majority. The only question at this point is, will Lightfoot be in the runoff, or it will be two completely unrelated candidates? And I think she doesn't make it. I think you're right, because I don't think she has any natural constituency at this point. Like, she's managed to piss off, you know, the, a lot of the progressives like us who were all excited about her. Like, we're like, fuck her. Um, you know, the, the right thinks that she let everybody out of jail to, uh, to torment our neighborhoods or something. Right. Um, so she pretty much, like, if you're going to be a bad politician, you got to at least, like, pick a side. And she kind of... Was just bad to everybody, so nobody likes her. Not like good. terrible. Yeah, I mean nobody likes her whatsoever. So now we've got. I bet her family likes her. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I, you know, I, I'm sure Amy, her wife, they still get along. Right. Right. Like, I, yeah. The voters, not so much. Uh, the voters, not so much, which is astounding because she won. 30 or 47 of the 50 wards. I, I mean, yeah. a drubbing of Tony Preckwinkle. Yeah. So we'll see if there's a regression to the mean. Are we going to want somebody who's more establishment politics? Um, it is interesting. I mean, Paul Vallis is, uh, I mean, he's going to be the, he's going to be the, the, the sort of pro cop candidate. Right, like I know, I know, I know. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we we will see. There have been some interesting, and I, you brought this up. Um, Chewy Garcia has gotten some donations from Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX, who yeah is a crook. Uh, apparently, so two things: one, he made a twenty-nine hundred dollar donation to Chewy's congressional campaign, uh, and also uh, has a pack called. Protect our future, and one of the things they did was send out mailers promoting Chewy, spending one hundred fifty-one thousand dollars doing so. So, if you've bought crypto through FTX, you've paid for Chewy's mailers. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing: I was like, you know, I haven't really kind of settled on a candidate right now. Like I did. Like it was easy. I feel like. When it was Rom versus somebody who beats Rom, right? It was easy to settle on Chewy at the time, but like anybody who's like even vaguely anywhere near something called crypto, I'm like no. Even if it was like completely above board, only as corrupt as it usually is, crypto, no. But if it's that guy, definitely no. So, I mean, it is, yeah. And I guess he did return some money. In fairness, 
to doesn't him. Doesn't matter. He says through gritted teeth. <laughs> doesn't matter. I, and you know what's really funny is like I'm talking to folks, you know, progressive folks who really want to vote for Chewy. Like I voted for Chewy before when he ran against Ron. Well, I voted know, for Chewy. I think it's that when he was running against Rom, he felt like like he was disrupting things and doing something different and pushing for something new. Whereas yeah. now it feels like he's just like, okay, well, he's in Congress because he was given the seat by somebody else and he's got an established name and now he's running for mayor. And like it doesn't, it has a very different vibe to it than it did that time. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Jesus. I, I just happened to. I just happened to go back to the 2019 race. Lightfoot won 73.7% of the votes. Right. In Which the is general, probably why Preckwinkle is like, ah, I'm not really doing this again. Well, But in the general, she won 17.5%, and that got her into the runoff. Yeah. Which is that I'm just going to toss that out there. Yeah. Um, Paul Vallis won 5.4% of the votes in the last election. And he has a very real chance of getting into that that runoff this time. Ah, and uh, Dolphins uh, now 30, 30 to 34. Buffalo up still by four for those of you keeping track at home. Are they going to go for the two? Uh, I would think they would not go for the two because that would be insane. Now, if know. it was Staley as their coach, they would go for the two. Shout out Chargers for, for chargering. Uh, just anyhow, nobody chargers like the chargers. So, <laughs> then so we've got for the our Norwegian viewers, there's a thing called American football. Anyhow, we'll just move on. It's played by shorter people than our Norwegian listener. Right. So, aldermanic races, we got all 50 wards up for election. Like a third of the wards are open seats, which is unprecedented. Um, we're not going to cover them all. Kind of focus on the north side. There are a lot of elections that are, you know, where you have a retiring, uh, a retiring alderman and like Brendan O'Reilly, who was the alderman around Wrigleyville, who's retiring, uh, but his chief of staff is the only person left on the ballot. So we'll be the next alderman. Yeah. Um, there are three we kind of want to talk about. 45, 46, and 48. These wards are all on the north side, uh, you know, from the lake all the way kind of west. 45, uh, the alderman there, uh, a guy named Garnier, is a pretty terrible alderman. And by all accounts, a terrible human. Former firefighter, uh, though that's sort of unrelated Right. Uh, he is a person who has, over his tenure as alderman, harassed people who he doesn't like, uh, called the cops on people, like really. Yeah, and there's lawsuits about yeah, yeah. the harassment. Like FBI he's investigations of about yes. him. Yes. One of his his staffers uh, was arrested for trying to sell an assault weapon to somebody. Yeah. Sort of on the black market. During petition season, he was driving his truck around and harassing people who were out getting signatures for other candidates. Yeah. So it's a pr- there's a lot of focus on this race as somebody to get rid of. Uh, he's not retiring, unfortunately. So there we've got uh, a couple of people, Megan Mathias. There are, I think, five people on the ballot. Uh, Megan Matthias, the group that I'm, I, I, I do a lot of work with, uh, Northside Democracy for America, uh, they've endorsed Megan. There's also James Sue, who is uh, reasonably progressive. Uh, it was his staffers and volunteers that were last assaulted by uh, Gardner. Yeah. Anybody but, but him is going to be good in right. 45. Right, right. Uh, then we got 46. This used to be uh, Jim Kappelman. So this is uh, sort of on the lake shore mostly. Yes, this is the one east of my ward. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that's interesting to give you a sense of this, um, 
we have bike lanes that have been set up that go right by my house and they end at Clark Street. And the reason they end at Clark Street is because the other side of Clark Street is 46 and the alderman there is like, nah, I don't really want that. No. So I'm looking forward to having somebody else there so I can have a proper bike lane to get to exactly where I want to be. Yeah, to the lake. To the lake. And so th- this, is a, this is a ward that went through some interesting redistricting this year, too. So they included, you know, if you picture the lake, everything along the lakefront is, can be pretty expensive. Yes. But it gets more expensive as you go south. Right. And the 46th Ward shifted its constituency to be, to include more of the southern lakeshore. So it took parts of Lakeview that weren't currently there or previously there. In the last election, it did go to a runoff. A challenger by the name of uh, Marianne Lalonde uh, came within 50 votes or something. Um, She is a PhD scientist. Frankly, I I really like Marianne. And Uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, just donated her campaign as we were talking. Because I'm like, oh, I need to send her some money. So I went and did that. Like, all right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, She's there. She's got a good organization. She's running things. There are other people. uh, uh, There's somebody, Angela Clay. She's supported by sort of the Democratic Socialist uh, groups. uh, Longtime ward resident and, and sort of community organizer. Um, and there are a few other candidates that are running, certainly machine candidates, sort of people that are endorsed by people you probably wouldn't want to be endorsed by. So uh, a really interesting race. That's definitely going to go to a runoff. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're in Chicago and you're looking for somebody to, to do work for, Marianne is great. Yep. Um, is, is great. More smart people in the city council, I say. Agreed. Uh, then we've got 48. So another really interesting race. Andersonville is kind of the center of that ward, although it you know it branches out. Um, here, the two front runners are both part of the Democratic Socialist Party, uh, and I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Right. You've got Nick Ward. You've got Laney. They're both. Uh, you know, they're both people who I think are, are nice and uh, would would very earnestly work at progressive things. Um, She's one of the few people who sends me, like, fundraising ads where I'm like, yeah, okay, you can send those to me. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Laney's, Laney's really nice. She's yeah. great. She's been in the community a long time. Yeah. Very dedicated supporters. Uh, and and one of the things that I found really interesting in the in the races this year is the number of people whose organizations have just been well developed but vastly different from one another's. Yeah. Um, and I, look, if you're in Chicago and you want to make a difference over the next month, like find these candidates. Um, you can you can go to places like you can search. Uh, Northside Democracy for America. We've got links to all the, the candidates. Uh, actually, WTTW has great write-ups on people. Yep. I wouldn't trust like NBC or any of the, the television channels. Go to Sun-Times. Go to uh, Public Access um, to find websites for candidates. There are people to vote for. But then there's the last group. Yes. And this is the... The police district councils. So. Yeah. Yeah, and this, and you know, and I've mentioned this before, but I think this is one of those things where, like, a little bit of involvement can go a very long way. Yes. It's brand new. There's going to be a bunch of people who are going to show up on election day and be like, what the hell is this? Not even know it's a thing. Not know who to vote for. Um, we just had one of the candidates for the, uh, the police district that covers our area, which I believe is the 19th, uh, came by to, to talk to us and see if we would vote for them and we're like and this is the one one of the people that had been endorsed by matt martin we're like we're matt martin people you're you're good um but what's happening is there's kind of like there's slates across all these there's like people who are like running they'll run as a group of three in each one and it's kind of works like the way the water reclamation district does on some level from what i can see but yeah and and the again the interesting thing about this is that 
we talked about our alderman. Yeah. Right? That's an award. These councils are brand new from a new ordinance. They're elected by police district. Yeah. So I'm in, my police district is 17. My beat is 23. The 17th district covers three, is, is part of three different wards. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, I, all right. So you don't know who you're voting for. And also, all of these elections are supposed to be nonpartisan. So when you're signing, so if, if you uh, sign Matt Martin for 47, so yeah. you sign his petition to get him on the ballot, somebody's running against him, and they come up and ask you to sign your peti- their petition, you shouldn't be able to. You can only sign one petition per right. candidate. The ordinance was not specific enough on how people got on the, the ballots. And in a long-standing Chicago tradition, people have been trying to kick other people off the ballots. Right. Um, and that's gone up until this week. So all of those slates, actually, on Thursday, they all were off every ballot. Because you, there was an argument made that you couldn't run as slates. Because you can't do that for some nonpartisan things. Um, the Board of Elections reversed that on Friday. So it looks like they probably will be on the ballot. Yeah. But it's not certain yet. And the other thing is nobody knows what this job is. It's right. in theory an elected body to kind of oversee the Well, and the it's police. an evolving thing, too, because yeah. it's like what the powers are of the of this district council is actually, like, shifts a little bit. So, like, initially it's not as much, but then it gets to become more. Like, it's all we're kind of figuring this out. But the notion of basically the concept is having elected public oversight of the police, right? Which is so, not really good. And so, right, and and what you see is, you know, of course, the police unions are running their own. I mean, basically, I mean, not like now they're directly running their own candidates, but like there are candidates that they're endorsing, that they're hitting yeah. the streets, trying to like back and, and you know, and doing their donations to. So, you know, we got to be, we got to do the work on this one because, you know, obviously the police have a very strong incentive in having their own having right. them be connected to the people who are overseeing what they're doing. Right. And and the other thing is this board is supposed to have a hand in the selection of the police commissioner yes. themselves, right? Yep, exactly. And and that's that's super important. Yeah. And I I really struggled uh, again the group I'm part of did did these panels and we interviewed these candidates and I was struggling to understand how to decide who to support because I don't know what the job is. Right. But then it was a comparison of values, essentially. Yeah. Right? Like, do I think this person is an effective communicator, can competently convey what they want to do, and has similar values? Then I'm going to support them because the alternative is... Yeah, and I think largely it aligns on stronger oversight versus weak oversight, right? And so... Um, I do know one of the people who's running for office, uh, Veronica Ariola, um, is somebody I know from actually a long way back at this point. But I like, originally met her at a Laughing Liberally event uh, many years ago. But she's regularly been at Netroots Nation, like strong progressive, been very involved in a lot of stuff around. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what she's done. It was like a lot of stuff. She's like in the engineering department at. I don't, and who's lots that? Lots of good stuff. Her name is Veronica Ariola. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And she's running in the 24th. Um, District. Yes. Uh, So, and, you know, so that's one I would definitely recommend. Um, You know, 19th. Steve Spagnuolo. Do you know Steve? I do not. Do I? I mean, he's a Steve. You might know Steve. Steve's been around. Um, The name is familiar. But I want to, but like the name is familiar in the way that I think like he's an NFL coach. But he's probably not. It does sound like a. Um, so, yeah, so spend the, like, five minutes before you go to, yeah. like, at the very least, spend the five minutes before you go to vote to look up who it is you should be voting for on this. And if you have a little extra to send to them, like, keep in mind, like, these are all very grassroots, very startup, like, a few bucks for them is going to make a huge difference. A it couple, really couple moments on the phone or hitting doors for them is going to make a big difference in a way that it may not make a difference in a mayoral race. And, and if you have questions, if you happen to be listening to this and you have questions, send us a message. We will absolutely get back to you, point you towards resources. 
um, it's really important, y'all. We've got you know just over a month to make some of these really, really yes. big decisions. And Veronica, if you're listening, I apologize for not having your resume in the back of my mind more more accurately. But uh, and but we she's did awesome. endorse her. My group did endorse Veronica. Yes, the 24th yep, District yep. Police Council. Though I don't have a website or website for her, so. There's that. There's a, yeah, they have like a unified website for their, their slate for the 24th, so. Right on, y'all. All right. Okay, well, stay warm. Uh, yeah. Uh, may, may your team that you may be rooting for at this time be victorious. Yay, sports ball. Yay, sports ball. And a final score update so you have an exact time stamp. The, the Dolphins have just received the, field, the uh, kickoff. No. It is... It's a punt, punt, sir. It's a punt. They're down by three. I'll restate that for clarity. With 8.23 left to go in the fourth quarter, the Buffalo Bills have just received the ball and are leading 34-31. to We'll be yeah. right back after this commercial break, right. which Here's may be two weeks. EJ is the play-by-play. I'm the color commentator, so I was just stepping outside my comfort zone there. But, hey, we'll make it work. Stay safe, everybody. Get out there. Donate volunteer. Uh, If you're in Chicago, we got a lot of work to do in the next 40 days. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.